You know, today's episode of The Delight Show could be systematic. It could be hydromatic. It could be ultramatic. Why, it could even be Monday Night Delightning. Play the music. Welcome everyone to the Delight Show. I am your host, the Monday Night Delight Man's Chapel. It is a pleasure to be here with you. Another Sunday morning recording session uh, for myself. Uh, you may be wondering, what the hell are you doing with all this Grease reference in the beginning? Well, I watched Grease this week, um, and the way my mind hyper focuses, it it, uh, it it became the centerpiece of the show. Um, kinda, at least the centerpiece of the opening. We are going to talk a little bit about the movie Grease and why I watched it instead of SmackDown this week. We're going to talk about uh, Double or Nothing, which is tonight. I'm going to make predictions for that. We all know how that goes. Sometimes really great, sometimes awful. There's no one here predicting against me, so it'll probably go fine. We're going to talk about Willie Urbina and um, that situation. And then we're going to talk about Drew versus Kofi uh, from Raw this past week, which is the only thing from Raw I remember at this point. Doing the show on Sunday mornings... Releasing Sunday mornings, Raw is, feels like a long time ago, but because of my time and my schedule, doing it on Sunday morning seems like a long time ago. And um, just to get into that one, Drew versus Kofi, they both want a WWE title shot at Lashley at Hell in the Cell. Drew makes the somewhat good point that he did not get pinned at WrestleMania Backlash, even though he did the work to take out Braun. Kofi says, well, I never actually got a... A rematch for my WWE title that I lost to Brock Lesnar in in 2019, which that's true, but he has had at least one WWE title match since, so his point is just about as valid as Drew's. It's valid enough to get them a number one contenders match. They have a long but pretty good match, um, although to be fair, I only remember two spots a week later. One of them being Kofi locks in a guillotine um, on, on Drew. Which makes sense because that's who he's wrestling. He's got this this guillotine locked in on Drew, and Drew takes him from the guillotine all the way over into a vertical suplex, which looked awesome. And you got to remember how st- Kofi's hanging on Drew, and well, Kofi's not fighting against Drew for this suplex. Kofi is not on the ground to push off or to jump or anything. Drew has to manhandle Kofi from. A full 270 degrees until he smacks him down on the canvas. That is beautiful. That is uh, horrifying how strong one man can be. It looks great. The second spot, I remember, Lash has been at ringside or on the ramp all night with MVP. They're sitting at ringside at one point. Kobe comes off the top. He knocks Drew into Lashley. Lashley and MVP get in the ring. They beat up both Drew, Lashley, and actually uh, Woods as well. And we get a no contest in this number one contender long form match. Now, typically, if you when, when you get a a no or you get a DQ in a number one contenders match, you get a three way for the title at the pay per view. Problem with that, they just did two three ways at the last pay per view for a title. One of them for this very same title. They did not apparently want to do Lashley Kofi. And Drew in a three-way because, well, uh, there he did that. And I think it'd be a bad idea to have Kofi be in there 
because you put Kofi in that match in front of fans, which I th- is Hell in the Cell going to be in front of fans? Maybe not. Maybe maybe Money in the Bank's the first one in front of fans. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, but even then, Kofi would be the ultimate babyface, and if Drew pins Kofi to win the title back, then people are going to start to hate Drew. We call it the Daniel Bryan effect. It was not Rey Mysterio's fault he was number 30 in that rumble, and Daniel Bryan wasn't, but he's the one who took the punishment. If Drew pins Kofi to win the title, Drew will take the punishment, and Drew will begin a heel turn whether he likes it or not. So they're doing the match again next week. Now, unfortunately, I have no faith that that match will not also end in a disqualification. It just feels like they're going to do something weird and wacky. Um, although it, uh, Adam Pierce has said that if Lashley or MVP appear at ringside at all, they will be suspended for 90 days without pay. He did not say he'll strip him of the title. Um, because Brock Lesnar proved you don't have to defend titles every 30 days anymore. So, I guess we'll see where this goes on Monday. Somebody might get involved. It could be Orton and Riddle. It could be anybody. Uh, I suspect, though, we will get Kofi versus Lashley for the title. I don't think Kofi will win, which will suck. But um, looking forward to, to Kofi at least getting back to the main event. Because he deserved it. He got screwed out of it. Uh, I was we a lot of us were in the building that night when Kofi won the title, and um, just it'd be nice to get back to Kofi Mania. I was going through some notes looking for tour dates that WWE had um, had released, and I saw a headline that um, got my attention: The Miz will be returning to Raw this week to host Miz TV. He better be a zombie. That's all I can say to that. Back to what I was saying: um, WWE released some tour dates, and. Uh, I've been saying the whole time, I'm going to go to one when it's close to me. I'm going to go to one when it's close to me. And if you look at the tour dates, you might see that July 25th, a Sunday, is in fact a Louisville, Kentucky show for uh, for WWE. And that is tempting. But you got to remember, Louisville is three hours from me. The Yum Center is terrible. And on Sunday is my only day off of the week. I don't know that I want to hike that far for WWE. If it was Raw in Louisville, I'd probably go, to be honest with you. If it was Raw in Nashville, I'd probably go. But go that far for just a house show? It just, uh, it, it's 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 a week before, or it's a couple weeks before SummerSlam. I just don't see myself doing that one. Speaking of SummerSlam, WWE announced that SummerSlam is going to take place on Saturday. Saturday. Saturday, March all right, March, uh, August 21st. Um, WWE, what the hell? You are a Sunday pay-per-view company. All right, Sunday pay-per-views. Now, why am I so upset about this? Do I think that there's going to be some major problem with being Saturday? No. I actually think that's a cool idea. I have to go to a wedding that day. And not just a wedding. My best friend's wedding, Julia Roberts. Uh, no, my be- my best friend... She and her husband got married um, during the pandemic. They were going to get married last April, and all hell broke loose, as you may be aware. And they decided to uh, to just get married and then have the wedding later on, which, cool. I'm, I'm happy for them. I really, you know, uh, we got to save the date card the same day they announced that SummerSlam is going to be 
on the Saturday the 21st. So I had to make a decision, and I'll be honest with you, it did not take long. My best friend is way more important to me than SummerSlam. I'll watch SummerSlam on Sunday morning after I sleep off the hangover. And, um, yeah, it'll be it'll be great. Um, but if WWE is going to start running the Big Four on Saturday and Sundays, I'm going to have to make adjustments to my lifestyle, which WWE has not accounted for. They should they should cater to me specifically. Isn't that what we believe as um, as wrestling fans that WWE should 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 specifically cater to us? Yes. No. Okay. Uh, New Japan has of course vacated their World Heavyweight Championship after Will Ospreay got injured, and so they have de- they have declared the new champion will be crowned at Dominion. Which is great because before I think yesterday, they didn't have a uh, a plan. But but tomorrow they will crown the new champion in a match between Kazuchika Okada and Shingo Takage. I have to stop my commentary there because I don't know who Takage is. Sorry, Japanese wrestling fans. Um, but I would I would put the belt on Okada just because I I know that guy. If you remember when Kay and I tried to to predict, actually you may not because I never posted that. I, I can't predict Japanese wrestling because I don't watch it. Also on that show will be Desperado versus Yo. I don't know them. Uh, and Ibushi versus Jeff Cobb. I do know those two and that should be a hell of a match. Let's talk about something besides wrestling for a second here. Let's talk about cricket. And you may be saying, did you say cricket? did say cricket. Uh, I was up the other night, couldn't sleep, uh, and I was just kind of scrolling through the channels and whatnot, and I have one of those ESPN channels that shows weird shit in the middle of the night, and they were showing cricket. And I've always made fun of cricket, because it's some weird combination of uh, baseball, and golf, and running around in circles. You know, Red Rover style. But I start watching cricket, and it's the beginning of... of whatever program they're showing, and they explain the rules to cricket for dumb Americans like me. And I, and I finally kind of understand the rules of cricket, and then I start watching, and it's what they call a 20-20 match, where it um, doesn't take all day. It can't, apparently, cricket can take eight hours, it can take three days, or it can take about three hours, which is uh, crazy. Uh, baseball takes three hours. Baseball doesn't take 40 your weeks to play it, it, it it's it's kind of crazy how long you you can play one game although i will say this i have been to several 13 14 15 inning baseball games my parents went to one that was 22 innings one time um so i, I know what it's like to be in a stadium for that long um but no it's just cricket it's it's a lot of fun if you get a chance to watch some cricket watch that it's just people are so into it and it looks like such a minimalistic sport because you've got one little dirt rectangle in the middle of a fucking soccer field, two guys with bats, one guy with a tiny ball, and then they just go for it. Just watch cricket. It's a lot of fun. Um, let's see. Let me look at Willie Urbina. Willie Urbina has screwed the pooch this week. Uh, if you know the name Willie Urbina, you must have watched some TNA in the early to mid-2000s because that is where he had his, uh, his main career as a commentator. I believe he was part of LAX for a little bit. But this week on Spanish commentary for AEW, which I did not watch because I forgot it was on Friday night, and that's that's a problem. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, 
He was instructed by one. And granted, it's all in Spanish. I only speak enough Spanish to not get lost in Guatemala. Um, but he's instructed to translate Sheeta's promo in the upcoming Sheeta versus Britt Baker segment, and then he begins to Mickey Rooney voice it. He he's it's in Spanish, which it, it it's you don't think about this, but a guy speaking in Spanish doing the typical racist Mickey Rooney Japanese accent. And he's there with Dasha, not Dasha Fuentes, different Dasha, and, and Thunder Rosa. And the women are not having this. One of them begins to nervously laugh. I believe that's Dasha. And then Thunder Rosa's just like, no, stop, Camalo. Because um, they knew something's about to break off. Well, AEW has fired Willie Urbina for this. And you know what? Good for them. You know better than this, Willie Urbina. It's not just in today's world. You shouldn't be making fun of someone's... You know, for starters, Sheeta speaks pretty good English. I just want to point that out. You weren't translating from Japanese to Spanish. You were translating English to Spanish. She doesn't have that thick of an accent. And you, your first reaction is to just start... I, and again, I'm not going to do anything uh, that even sounds like what you did. I, I, he just go, he just starts making fun of her accent, and it, and AW was swift. They did the right thing. Urbina's out of there, so it's Alex Alejandres and Dasha, what's her face, and Thunder Rosa. I guess are the now the Spanish commentary team. I didn't know Thunder Rosa was on commentary, uh, but yeah, Willie Urbina is out of AEW for that reason. Not a lot of commentary to be made because why would you? It's um. It, it, it's not right what he did, and they did the right thing getting him out of there. Friday night. Friday night, we had a lovely dinner here at Casa del Delight Show. Um, gift podcast studios, if you will. Uh, I cooked some pork chops. We uh, we had some pasta. Uh, it, was, it was delicious stuff. It was good stuff. And then we, we eat about 6 o'clock. Then we watch the Wheel of Fortune because we're old, old people. Uh, and it's a habit both my wife and I picked up from uh, from our mothers. And then it comes 7 o'clock. And wrestling comes on at 7 o'clock. Now, that being said, I haven't watched WWE programming full-time in a while. For a couple of reasons. One, uh, it's terrible. And two, I only have so much time with my family right now because of all the, the work that I'm doing. Which is what's paying for me to go to... Wrestling shows should they ever start up again? So I did not, um, I did not watch SmackDown this week. I'm flipping the channel, see if I can find something for us to watch, and I see that Greece is starting. And okay, so I, t- I hate Greece. I really do. I don't like the movie Greece, but I also hadn't watched it since I was in high school. And since then, I got really into the college theater. And I got into musical theater. And I found myself enjoying Greece, But not enough to watch the whole thing. But here's the thing. I'm not the only person that lives in this house. So when when Jackie and Mary Grace see that I'm watching Grease, I think that, oh, they'll think, ha-ha, he's watching Grease. It's a funny joke. And then Summer Nights begins to play... And all the adults in my house are going, tell me more, tell me more, did you get very far? Which, first of all, rapey song. Pretty rapey song. 
a different time. But, oh, you might hear the hillbillies next door yelling, what you doing up so early? If they're talking to me, I'm going to tell them I'm the Monday Night Delight and I've got to make a show on Sunday mornings. He won't understand. Uh, he won't understand this the podcast thing, but he's not talking to me. Um, you just might hear him. What's that about? Oh, uh, yeah, so we're all watching, we're all watching uh, Grease and we're just singing along and we go through summer nights and we go through through Grease Lightning and, and hopefully he's devoted to you. And before you know it, we have watched Grease of our own volition instead of watching wrestling. I have lost control of my life. But it was probably better than SmackDown anyway. I'm looking through the SmackDown results right here. Um, you know, Usos and Street Profits is probably pretty good. Did it did it lead to anything? I'm not sure. I'm trying to think who are even the tag team champions on SmackDown. I realize it's the Mysterios. Uh don't see the Mysterios on here. To me, Natalia defeated the Riot Squad. Let's talk about that. If you haven't listened to Oral Sessions with Renee Paquette, Tamina and Natalia did a show this week talking about their victory and their defense of the tag team titles, how they got together as a team. They are just, the, they seem like the sweetest people. Um, but they give so much credit to TJ, to, to, to Tyson Kidd, who is now booking most of the women's stuff and doing a great job of it. If he's in charge of the women's division, especially, and apparently he did all four women's matches at WrestleMania weekend, TJ is great. Um, but Natalia and Tamina are so grateful. Tamina is amazingly grateful to finally have a championship. Go watch that. Um, it's a better podcast than mine. I don't. I don't mind saying, Renee's better at this than I am. Um, but I would love to have somebody on to to. Inter- I've never actually done an interview on the show unless you count Mitchell's wife, and that wasn't about wrestling. Uh, I want to do a wrestling interview. So if you are a wrestler who hears this and you want to be on a podcast, I got one. Let's do it. Um, but yeah, Natalia and Tamina just Tamina's story. Uh, you know, Eleven years, and she's the mother hen of the locker room, apparently, and she she puts everyone before her. And Natalia's finally like, cut that shit out and get yourself some recognition. And now Tamina is is one of the women's champions of WWE. It's, it's a great story. Go go listen to that. It's it's a great story. I don't want to rip off their whole thing. Uh, Bianca Belair versus Carmella, probably fine. But does any of it really really add, match up to to beauty school dropout? With Frankie, with just Frankie Avalon coming down the stairs and and, and singing to to this. No, okay. Listen, I'm showing my ass here. I like musical theater as much as I like professional wrestling. Sometimes more. Okay, I've been I've been to more wrestling shows, but that's because wrestling shows are not as expensive as musical theater shows. Um, but you know, it is what it is. And last but not least, let's do a little preview of AEW Double or Nothing. We've got ten matches on this card. One pre, one of them being on the pre-show. Nine of them being on the main show. Let's start the pre-show match. Serena D will defend the NWA Women's Championship against Riho. Riho, you might remember, has not been around for a while. Um, I can't see. I can't see the NWA wanting their title change hands on this pay-per-view. Um, I can't see them authorizing Riho to be their champion. Although Serena D is also in her under AEW contract, so maybe again. I just don't see it happening. Um but this will be the first match in front of a full crowd. It should be it's honestly should be a great crowd match. But let's let's just say that 
Serena Deeb is going to re- retain. I don't. I can't accurately predict this one, but I was going to say Serena is going to uh, going to retain against Rio, and we'll go from there. Let's see. The Young Bucks, Nick and Matt Jackson, as if I had to tell you who the Young Bucks were, versus John Moxley and Eddie Kingston for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. Now, this would be interesting if Moxley and Kingston won, not because. They're a throw-together tag team. They've given us plenty of segments where Kingston and, and Moxley are friends. Kingston tried to shield Moxley from what he assumed was going to be a cataclysmic explosion. It turned out to be three wet sparklers and a pop rocket. But that eh, you know, he, he, he did what he thought was best. No, it would be interesting because it would make Moxley the first champion in AEW to hold two different titles. Jericho has not been a tag champion. Omega, not a tag champion. Although, I guess, technically, he holds different titles. The first one to hold two different titles of AEW. Um, you look at, if you look at the the TNT champions, Cody, Brody, Darby, Miro, they haven't held world or tag gold. And the tag team champions, who you got? FTR, the Bucks, SCU, is that it? I'm missing one. Maybe not. But no, none of them have held gold that wasn't tag gold. Moxley would be the first one to do so, which would show that A, either they're moving Moxley, quote unquote, down the card, and AW tag team is not down the card at all. No, it would show that they're they're I mean, a world champion is actively fighting for a tag team title. It makes the tag team titles seem more important, and that's awesome. My question is, if Kingston and Moxley win, who are they going to face? Because that kind of makes all the difference. Who are the current AEW number one contenders to the tag team uh, championships? Because that could make a difference in who possibly gets this match and or this win, and you have to to look at who could be challenging. Moxley and Kingston if they win. Let's see here. Let's take a look. AW rankings for the tag team division. Let's see. So that's interesting. Um, oh, that's the men. Uh, okay, I, I misread the, the thing there. I thought I was saying Miro was the number one contender to the uh, to the world title, but that's not what it's saying. Tag rankings. Number one contenders right now are the Varsity Blondes, Griff Garrison, and Bra- didn't they just lose to the Bucks? But they're still they're eleven and three. God, the glory of of being on, on enough uh, on enough episodes of what you call it dark. That is the thing that lets you raise your stock immediately. Being on dark and being on elevation, elevation, while it may not seem like the best, it gets you higher on that ladder and it gets you to. Uh, to, to the to number one contender. Not that it matters because it's the number four contenders getting the title shot tonight. We'll get there in a second. Uh, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page are number two. They're heels. I guess with the, I should mention the Varsity Blondes versus Kingston and uh, Moxley. That would be babyface versus babyface, but Moxley and Kingston could play some awesome heels to them. It could be fun. Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page are heels. That would be, you know, 
Plus, there'll be some great things happen there. Although they're a little focused on Sting and Darby. We'll get there. The acclaimed Bowens and Caster, um, their heels. And if you didn't see last week, whichever one raps, I think it's Max Caster, made a oral sessions joke about Renee and then was surprised when Moxley tried to rip his head, his head off. Don't be surprised by that. He said you wanted his pregnant wife to blow you and he decided to kill you. I'd do the same thing. Good on Moxley. Then Moxley and Kingston, and tied with Moxley and Kingston, are uh, FTR. Now, I would love to see Moxley and Kingston versus FTR for the titles. I think that's a great idea. I personally don't think they're going to win the titles. I'm predicting the Bucks, but there's I will admit there is way more, way more potential in Moxley and Kingston right now than the Bucks being tag team champions. More. More tag team action. Sting and Darby Allen versus Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. I don't want to have the Sting rant again. I don't. He's an old man who should not be in this ring right now, but he is going to be in this ring right now, and they're going to do it as safely as possible. Scorpio Sky can be pretty safe. Darby, not safe, but not fighting Sting. And then that leaves us with Ethan Page. I don't know enough about Ethan Page to know if he's safe, dangerous, if Sting should watch his neck or Sting should battle out of the match or what what I imagine is going to happen is most of this match is going to be Darby getting the shit beat out of him Sting's going to come in he's going to he's going to get he's going to hit some stinger splashes he's going to say woo he's going to hit somebody with a bat and then he he and Darby will lock in stereo uh, scorpion deathlocks for the win so officially Sting and Darby are going to win this match Miro versus Lance Archer for the TNT title mat, title belt Here's a problem. Neither one of these men can really afford to lose this match. Miro just won this title. He just stopped being a goof, and he he, he won this title no problem. Lance Archer has had so many chances for titles and failed all of them that if he doesn't win this match, it, it really kind of relegates him to, back down to geek status. So what do you do? Imagine you keep the t- you, you pick your biggest investment. I think for them that's going to be Miro, um, and also if you remember from his post match promo, Miro has Jesus Christ giving him all the aggression to kill people. So I'm going with Miro based on on intangibles like investment from the company and Jesus. Hangman Page versus Brian Cage uh, in a singles match. <sighs> Neither one of these guys should lose. Both of these guys could be top contenders, but based solely on the fact of who I'm going to predict wins the world title match and a good matchup for that person, I'm going with Hangman Adam Page, leading us to Page versus my prediction for the winner of this match at All Out. We'll get there. Cody Rhodes versus Anthony Agogo in a singles match. I have never seen Anthony Agogo wrestle, uh, but apparently that's not unusual because a lot of people haven't seen Anthony Agogo wrestle. Um, I have seen someone say on online that this should be like Rocky Four, and the boxer should just come out and beat Cody Rhodes to death immediately. I'd be okay with that. Um, I think Anthony Gogo should win, and Cody, even though he's using the name the American Dream, Cody Rhodes, he says it's just for this one night, and maybe it is. Cody does everything he can to distance himself from his father's ego, um, so he may only use this this one night. And he's Dusty's kid. 
but he does so much to distance himself from the way Dusty used to book things that I think he will lose this match to Anthony Gogo, push Anthony Gogo up the card, and maybe go take some time off to be with his got to be fairly pregnant wife now. They announced at Christmas, and it's the end of May. So she's got to be fairly pregnant now. Um, I'm picking on a go-go. I, I, I could be wrong, but I think Cody's going to take a little time off, going to spend some time with with Brandy, going to push the guy up the card. Everything's good there. Three matches left. Three, uh, Four matches left, excuse me. Uh, this one, to me, is the easiest one to predict of the whole card. Uh, Hikaru Shida versus Britt Baker. If you can't tell they've been pushing Britt Baker to the moon and that she's going to win this title, you haven't been watching TV enough. Um, Sheeta's great. She has been a great champion for over a year. She's, I think, now the longest-reigning champion in AW history. Good for her. Um, but it's time, and Britt Baker's the one. Uh, if not, I don't know what you've been building Britt Baker for this whole time. Britt Baker's on TV every week. And that'd actually be good for the women's division. So, Britt Baker, 100%, would be legitimately surprised if she did not win this title. Uh, the Pinnacle, MGF, Wardlow, Sean Spears, Cash, Wheeler, Dax, Harwood, with Tully Blanchard, it says, versus the Inner Circle, Jericho, Hager, Sammy Guevara, Santana, and Ortiz in Stadium Stampede, and if the Inner Circle lose, they must disband forever. As another one of these, AEW has back, has booked themselves into a corner, because Pinnacle just formed. They won blood and guts, they are the biggest heel property they have, and, and I mean, that if that's not all reason enough, they should not be losing. The inner circle is hot as ever as babyfaces. They can they can run the babyface ticket for a year or more and, and do some great stuff there. So what do you do? Well, you gotta look at at the lineups. Sean Spears can take a pin. Without hurting MJF in the pinnacle. The the inner circle does not need to break up. They need to stay together. They need to sell more shirts. They need to to do more crazy skits as baby faces. The pinnacle can lose if Sean Spears takes the fall. Just like last year, the inner circle could lose because Sammy Guevara took the fall. Sammy Guevara got a one-winged angel off a stadium uh, tunnel. You can you can do kind of the same thing with Sean Spears. Now, what's this match going to look like? I don't know. It cannot be the same as last year because otherwise you're just showing a movie to the crowd, um, and that they will hate that. It's also kind of like it's got to be either the opener or it's got to be the closer. Is this your main event of AEW Double or Nothing? It was last year. Um, who did Jericho face at Double or Nothing last year? Jericho won champion. Moxley faced uh, Brody Lee. Which, awesome. Awesome match. And I was all for it at the time, and I'm all for it now. But and it kind of feels like the, the world title match may not be as important as this match, so maybe this is your, your main event. Regardless, the Inner Circle wins, and I will say this, it, it they win when, let's say, Jake Hager destroys Sean Spears, Sammy Guevara gets the pin. Yeah, why not? Good with that. Casino Battle Royal for the future AEW World Championship match. I'm going to read these titles, and then we're going to talk about how most of them don't have a chance in hell of uh, winning this match. 
Christian Cage, Matt Seidel, Powerhouse Hobbs, Pinta El Zero, Zero Miedo, Jungle Boy, Matt Hardy, Mark Quinn, Isaiah Cassidy, Blade, Evil Uno, Colt Cabana, Preston, 10 Vance. Why don't you just say 10? Griff Garrison, Brian Pillman Jr., Max Caster, Anthony Bowens, QT Marshall, Nick Comoroto. Who the hell is Nick Comoroto? Justin Rhodes and Lee Johnson. Who the hell is Lee Johnson? Actually, that's, I think those are both QTs, guys. Um, versus TBA, your Joker. Okay. Let's break down the guys who have no chance in hell of winning this match. Matt Seidel, Powerhouse Hobbs, uh, Mark Quinn, Isaiah Casty, Blade, uh, Preston, Ten Vance, Griff Garrison, Brian Pillman Jr., Max Caster, Anthony Bowens, QT Marshall, Nick Comoroto, Dustin Rhodes, Lee Johnson. These bastards are just there to be thrown out of the ring to the floor. So who did that leave me with? Christian Cage, Jungle Boy, Matt Hardy, Evil... I, I'm putting Evil on the no-chance list. Uh, Jungle Boy, Colt Cabana, and TBA. So let's 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 talk about this. Let's talk about Colt first. The only reason I'm giving Colt a chance, it's a very small chance. Like it's minuscule. But there's three. There's three Dark Order guys in this match, and you gotta remember until until Brody's death, Colt was a reluctant member of the Dark Order. And if it came down to it, there's four guys left in the ring. It's Evil Uno, Colt, and Ten. And they're all trying to get, say, Hobbs over the top rope. I can see Colt dumping all three guys at one time. You know, Scott Hall style. Um, not Scott Hall style. Who, who did that? Oh, um, Kevin Nash style from World War Three, and winning this match. It's not for a pay-per-view title shot. It's not for All Out. It's for a future shot, probably on TV or one of the TV specials. And let's just be honest, Colt versus Omega would be a great, a great time. So, Colt, I give you a 4% chance of winning. Penta. Um, you can't count Penta. He's he's always able to go right to the main event. He could go challenge for the title. He could challenge for the, the TNT title. Um, he'd get Phoenix together and they go for the tag titles. Penta is versatile. Penta is great. Uh, it's a great presence and I, you know, I'm not giving him a big chance. I'm giving him 6% that he could win this match. That brings it down to Matt Hardy, Jungle Boy, Christian Cage, and TBA. Matt Hardy has name value. Now, Matt Hardy is not the Matt Hardy of old. He's not uh, he's not young, spry, 22-year-old Matt Hardy. But AW is not above using name value to, to promote a big TV show and, and Hardy versus Omega might be fun, might be a good time uh, 10% chance for Matt Hardy uh, Jungle Boy Jungle Boy is an interesting one because they are clearly investing in Jungle Boy, Jungle Boy's a young guy he's, he's objectively good looking, he's great in the ring um, you could build something great off of Jungle Boy. And I think they will. Uh, is it time for him to have world title matches? No, I don't think it is. I don't think it is. But, there's always a chance that they could go with it. Um, Jungle Boy, I'm giving you a full 20% chance. Christian Cage. Christian Cage, um... For better or worse, they brought him in and they immediately put him in the ring next to Omega. 
And that's not a bad thing. It's just not a great thing. Um, I wouldn't... He, he talked about how he had to get some wins under his belt to get a title shot. He was going to earn the title shot. And winning here would just kind of undermine that. But I can see them doing it anyway because it would be a win that got him to Omega. So I'm going to give Christian Cage a 29% chance of winning. And if my math is correct, me correct, um, that means that I'm giving TBA a 31% chance of winning. And that feels like a cop-out. You know? It feels like I am absolutely copping out to, oh, you're just picking the random guy. And last week, if you remember correctly, I I, um, I made predictions of three guys that might be TBA. And I realize now that there's a fourth one I should have added in there. And let's break those down. Uh, because if it's the first guy I picked, he's got no chance of winning and I'm going Christian Cage. And that's Big Show or Paul White or or large program, or whatever it is they call him in this company. Um, Big Show could be easily be the number 21 guy. I don't think Big Show will win in that case. Then I revert back to his Christian Cage. Um, so that's my stipulation on this. I picked Rich Swan. Rich Swan could show up and, and want to challenge Omega for his Impact title by winning this match. And that's really actually cool to me. I think Rich Swan could absolutely be TBA, and I would still give him 31% chance, because that's a big spectacle, that's a that's a name from another company, that's their world champion, I'd be down with that. Brian Danielson, I am like 90% sure that this is not going to be Brian Danielson, I'm going to be disappointed if it's not, um, and poor bastard whoever wins if this is not Brian Danielson, um, but if it is, Absolutely, we'll get him in. He'll win the match. We'll have, maybe we'll have a summer run with him versus Omega. Um, but I would love to see it. But there's one I forgot, and I can't believe I forgot that this man was was out of Vince's control. Did not have a uh, a thirty day or ninety day no compete, and was just free to walk into this company. Should they see fit, and that is Andrade. Andrade could very easily be number twenty-one, El Joker Idolo, and just win the match. The only problem I have with it is that he's already booked to face Kenny Omega for the Omega or for the Mega Championship at Triple A Mania this summer, and it would just be like a hat on a hat for. Um, Andrade to walk in here and win this match. To have an AW title match and a, and a Mega Championship match. So here's how it's going to break down. If it is Brian Danielson or it is Rich Swan, I'm going with TBA. If it's Big Show or Andrade or pretty much anybody else, I'm going with Christian Cage. And when all said and done, there's my prediction for that one. So you will not know my prediction until number 21 comes through that curtain. Uh, and if it's this, and if this is someone lame, if TBA is someone lame, like Brian Cutler, or 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 Warhorse, or or Danhausen, which a lot of you internet guys be like, ah, oh, it's Danhausen. No, if it's one of those guys, it's not one of these big names. It sucks, man. And last but not least, certainly not least, Kenny Omega versus Orange Cassidy versus Pac for the AW World Championship. I 
hated the build of this, but it's not their fault because of the injury. If they if those guys had gone to a time limit draw, that'd be a great build. This, but the fact that Orange got hurt, they had to do had to do this nonsense, which again happens. I understand this was not their fault. It just feels cheap. Um, that being said, there's no way in hell Kenny Omega is dropping this title tonight. I would be appalled, shocked, um, disappointed. And just to be real honest, I would I would kind of feel like AEW lost its way. Now, that being said, during the match, I will 100% believe that that Kenny Omega is about to lose the title when Orange Cassidy hits the breach break, the, the orange punch and the beach break. He will he will make me believe he's going to win, but he does not need to win. It needs to be. Kenny Omega, so that he can face off with a bunch of different guys that I've already named here on this prediction list. And that's going to bring us to the uh, to the end of the Delight Show this week. I want to thank you for being a part of it. I am, of course, the Monday Night Delight, Mance Chapel. Thank you for being here. You can follow me at uh, Amen underscore Delight on Twitter, at Amen Delight on the TikTok. I actually made a TikTok this week. I got a couple more uh, heading out this week. Probably we'll talk about a little wrestling. Hell, I don't know. Could be fun. Check out all of us here at at Wrestle Attic Radio at Attic underscore Wrestle. You want to check out uh, whoever's live tweeting tonight. Hell, it might be me. I don't even know. Uh, but I will be live tweeting either for my account or that one. Check us out next week where I will not be doing the Delight Show. In fact, next week, it will be the Gift Podcast. DK Murphy will be here. We'll be talking Double or Nothing uh, and, and just life in general. If I, if I know working with Kay, it will not just be a focused wrestling show. Uh, and check out the Patreon. There might be some fun stuff coming up there. But when all said and done, it's been a pleasure to be here. Uh, in fact, it's been electrifying. I'm going to break the whole card, and I'm no longer... (coughs) 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 Oh, God. Um, Okay, I'm going to put that at the end. (coughs) I breathed in one of my old mustache hairs. I almost died. On my own mustache.